0: You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I think we've all learned through the Trump presidency of something that's very important uh, to our culture here in the United States. But I'm not sure that we're all learning it. Hi, my name's Chancellor, Chancellor Pink to you. Only Chancellor to my close associates and friends. The Chancellor to my buddies, to my buds. But Chancellor Pink to you. Just someone listening to my podcast. Ew. Anyway, Mr. Pink, in fact, to you, to the likes of you. But what am I getting at about why is my nose sound clogged up? I don't know. Shh, It's none of your business. Maybe I was crying before I made this. Or maybe I have the virus. Either way, I'm alone, so I'm socially distanced. But the thing is this. (laughs) Are we learning about morality? Do we have morals? What does liberalism have to do with any of this? What does conservatism mean? Right, left, us, them, red, blue, good guys, bad guys, white hats, you know. I mean, here's the thing. The the left, throughout the reign of Trump, we'll call it the reign of Trump because it sounds more terrifying. The left, and it has been very terrifying, the left has um, had the most fun uh, picking on Donald for his moral deficiencies. If you really get down to it, it's been about his morality. And I remember a story, and I don't remember which country or which leader, but I remember somewhere in in either South America or Europe, <laughs> the general vicinity of one of those two continents. Um, they were telling us, they were giving us advice. It was either before Trump won or shortly thereafter. It was shortly thereafter. Uh, and this was when I was still on Facebook, right before I got off that this creepy, terrible leader that they had had uh, got beaten in the next election because the guy who opposed him decided to be smart and not run against him personally. Because what had happened is in the election that the creep won, it became a personal attack on him because he was so repugnant. And uh, he won anyway. Uh, the more they piled on and talked about what a bad person he was, it didn't seem to affect the people that liked him and he won. But then after he he reigned in his form of democratic terror in whichever continent this was in, whatever country, the, the, the opposition the next time around decided to not get distracted by personally attacking this leader, but instead stick to issues that mattered to the people. Like healthcare, whatever, things that actually affected their lives and decided to point out how this awful leader did awful things or nothing with respect to these issues that truly mattered to people. And he won. He upset him, and he got the creep out of there. So advice was being given on Facebook to us that be careful not to continue with this Trump bashing. Look, he won anyway, even though that's all Hillary really did a lot of. And um, he's going to continue to win and win the next time if that's all you keep doing is bashing him uh, morally or, in effect, as a person, you know, personality traits, whatever, uh, and stick to the issues. So, of course, that's not what we're doing. And, in fact, It's been confirmed that the people that Joe Biden is running against Trump. So um, which is fine. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Trump is so awful that he could lose even with people running against him, especially as the issues that have come to the forefront right now in this election year are moral based in a way. Um, The virus is has become a moral issue because lives are being lost and people are being sick and precautions are not being advised or taken and the cockiness and arrogance and the distortion of facts and distortion of science and ignorance of science ignorance ignoramusness noosity, the agnosis the act the, actu- the ecumenical council now the, the the lack of the lack of respect for science has led to a lot of the shit we're seeing in America versus other countries. And um, spinning the uh, pandemic politically, because we're in an election year, uh, started with the Trump administration. Certainly wasn't the plan of anyone uh, who votes blue. The plan was to Take care of the virus and and stop it. We we don't look to create issues of suffering for people and death just to win elections. But Trump is such a um, megalomaniac uh, and and so defensive, and he has you know some sort of personality disorder, probably five or six different kinds. That um, that's what he has done, and his people are so blinded by his, their faith in him simply because he's espouses their hatreds that that's why he's done it in order to support his base and they of course he has then doubled down on the hatred with the racial um, with the racism that he's full of and they love that too because it is a hate-based base his base is hate-based uh, they're they're not just people i remember when he first won we had michael moore and other people who, who were predicting he could win and they said it was because he was speaking to the The working class people in places like Michigan um, who otherwise voted for Obama, and they used to be solid Democratic voters, but they're so frustrated by the elites in the political system on both sides that they just want an outsider and someone who they think can manage money good, and he's rich and he's supposedly could have managed money. So he'd find a way to help them out of their economic plight, and that is what Michael Moore and others were saying was the reason that he won, but I never believed that. And I still don't believe that. I mean, God bless the idiots who voted for Trump, who, who thought that he was rich and they could help them. But I don't really think that was the reason I really don't because Hillary was certainly had a much better track record for helping impoverished people and, and working for the working class. If they really gave a shit about that, they would have voted Democrats still. No, I think That those people are racist. I think that those people are stupid. I think that the reason Trump won in 2016 is that our country had uh, too much racism and stupidity in it. I think it was a matter of ignorance, stupidity, and hatred. And so, what has happened is the people that live by hatred die by the sword. They live by the sword, they die by the sword. And the people that live by stupidity get wise up eventually. You know, even dumb people can learn a lesson. Uh, You don't have to be well educated. You know, the the non-college educated white males are still the biggest supporters of Trump. But I know several in my life, uh, non-college educated white males who are may be ignorant at the start of a particular matter, but they learn and then they become smart. In other words, just because someone didn't go to college doesn't mean they don't have wisdom it's just sometimes they lack it in certain areas and they assume and and believe in paranoid theories and believe in uh, things they read on the internet and uh but then they learn and uh a year or two later after experiencing what they believed mistakenly they're like oh i was wrong and then they move on and they learn i mean College education might teach, it teaches you how to think for yourself and how to look beyond a surface report and how to not believe in things that just instinctually might attract you as fascinating and potentially true and to actually look beneath the surface and find out if it is true and how to do that. That's really what a college education is all about. It's about critical thinking. And so non-college educated particularly men, um, aren't really good at that because they haven't been trained in it yet. Some people are naturally good at that, though, and you don't have to go to college to, to be that way. But for the most part, I would say that formal education, especially at the higher level, that's what it teaches you. You know, And, and they use the Socratic method in, in college courses, which is a question and answer back and forth open discussion format, which, again, is designed to get you to have critical thinking. And what, we t- what we've heard a lot about through the years, and I think it's very accurate, is the television generation becomes very passive. Uh, now, game, the, the gaming generation is much more interactive than simply watching and letting television or programming you know, wash over you without really thinking for yourself. But unfortunately, the gaming interaction is not really a critical thinking. or And, and also, it's very ADHD, so there's not a lot of detail. It's reactionary. And so reactionary interaction is much more inclined to be judgmental, go with the instinct, you know, sort of guttural. And, um, and so therefore you're going to get people that are believing things that they just hear and things that feel right. And you're not going to have the analysis or the critical thinking or, or, or the back and forth, the give and take that gets you to really higher thought and that's what college education is a form of education that if you if you if you bother to go to class and actually do the reading and the studying and the learning that's what you learn. And so people that supported Trump I think weren't so much that they were into their economic state. That was a cop out. I think that what we have was too many people that aren't good at critical thinking and don't want to reason past their guttural instincts and mix that with people that are living in a hatred resented, resentment place, resenting the fact that the white man was becoming less and less in control of the country, resenting the fact that the changes towards, you know, in sexuality and other things that were the, the way we've evolved have become too free for all and they felt that it was sort of eliminating their relevancy And um, mixed in with their lack of having enough money, mixed in with their lack of, of feeling an economic security, sure. But really it was their anger and their hatred towards others for being different from them and they felt taking what was rightfully theirs combined with their inability to look past those guttural sort of more instinctual emotions and do some critical analysis Uh, because they were never trained how to do that. Now, what I think has happened in the past four years is a lot of those people uh, have learned how to critically analyze Trump and what he has done and hasn't done for them. And I think that the virus is one area where some of the lesser ignorant ones of that group that voted for Trump You know, especially the ones who got have gotten sick by it, or know people have gotten sick or died from the virus, they're able to step back and understand. You know, this guy's not really coming through in any kind of meaningful way in his position of power, and I think it will affect them in the election. I think the same is true for their their hate. They might have been hateful towards race, some of them. Others maybe just felt uh, encroached upon, and I think that when you put true racism on the table and say are you a racist i think a portion of his supporters are going to say no that's wrong and 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 they see him not doubling down and they're like i don't want to go there i was frustrated i had a bit of anger uh but i can i can engage in critical thinking enough to see his actions uh, played out and realize that donald trump is a racist and i don't want to i don't want to agree with that i don't want to be that and i've seen christians speaking out this way that have said i never voted for a democrat in my life but i'm going to vote for joe biden because uh you know the people in my community the christians this is not a man of god this is he's never been religious in his life and uh, he's done too many things now that offend my faith and offend what i believe and i cannot say it's okay anymore. I feel guilty. I would feel like I, I feel guilty as it is for having voted for him in the first instance. So again, that might be someone who isn't really informed about critical thinking, but through the process of watching his behavior, in particular, he lost some, some evangelicals with holding up the Bible outside the church while they were gassing people outside of D.C. in that area to clear that area out. That, that was a move that a lot of religious people including, uh, uh, you know, the 700 club guy, uh, old guy, what's the hell's his name now? That's fading away fast, hunching over more and more Roberts or whatever, or, or, or I forget his name. I don't know why I'm blanking. Anyway, he, uh, came out and said, that's not cool, Mr. President. That's not cool. <laughs> so, um, that, that, that particular move of, you know, sort of holding up a Bible as a prop in front of a church and clearing the way by using a gas um, disturbed a lot of Christians. Um, and so because peaceful protest was clearly going on there and there's one thing to talk about the looting and the violence and and to be opposed to the statues even to being torn down as an act of violence and and drawing the line there but it's another to say people can't protest let's gas them out you know uh, even conservative republicans support the right to protest so peaceful protest in fact they've done it right they go and protest against abortion all the time so uh, they they could probably put themselves in their shoes and say I could I've been out many times protesting like that. What if they just gassed me because the president you know wanted to hold up a, a dead baby? I mean, as a you know, just reverse put something the other way around, and they would say I you know that's not cool. So um, I think that the critical thinking is a learning process, and people even the ones that didn't go to college can learn it on the fly given particular issues and facts played out in front of them and that's what's happening with trump okay having said all of that the bottom line is so so that's why i'm saying i think that this election can be won on moral grounds and against trump without going to the issues because i think the issues that are supremely important right now in our country are moral inherently the virus is a a life or death issue Uh, black lives matter is a moral issue um, you know, racism in general is a moral issue. So you can clarify those two particular things and see where Trump stands. He's made himself very clear and um, and just feel repulsed by it and feel like he's a bad guy and say we can't have him in charge, you know. And plus, the economy is terrible, of course, because of the virus. Tons of people are out of work. And so even for the the white non college educated people who voted for him because he was mr big box i mean they've lost retirement funds if they add any because of the market uh, downturn that initially occurred and although the market is for the time being stabilized uh, that didn't prevent them from losing a big chunk of their retirement funds at the initial stages of this virus now even though it's not his fault and it isn't the virus And the effects on the market have really nothing to do with Trump, nor did any of the gains have anything to do with Trump. But he likes to take credit for all the gains. But the reality is, you know, the economy is affected because of the virus, too. And it's really not any of his fault, nor were any of the gains in the economy any of his doing. I mean, the reality is a president kind of gets to ride the coattails to the economy, And when it was doing well, it was going to help push him through. But now that it's not doing well because of a virus, uh, it's going to hurt him. Now, the problem with that is in particular, it is his fault with respect to the virus. That is, we could be doing better by now economically than we are if he had taken precautions early on. And certainly businesses could be open better and doing better if he would mandate the use of masks, for example. And have the the, the people among the public that are paranoid about that understand that, trust me on this, we need it, trust me. If if we had a message from the top down, coming from the highest leadership, uh, espousing the science behind masks and how they help, uh, then we could do so much better uh, than we're doing with respect to the issue of the economy. Because we could be operating at a higher level, there would be less virus spread, and um, it would have benefited Trump. So all of these issues are joining together, and, but, but under the one heading of Trump's an asshole. So I think, I think he can lose based upon him being an asshole. And I think he, uh, well, I won't say I think he will, because I fear many, many things still. I fear, I fear the, the, uh, the underhanded tactics of the Republican Party with respect to voting suppression, and I fear the pandemic keeping people away from the polls. And um, I fear uh, mail-in ballots not being authorized enough and uh, potentially. And I also, frankly, I fear that the latest poll here in my state of Pennsylvania has Biden only up by 5%. And I just think that that's insane. That's like, it's a nice lead, but I, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think right before the election, Hillary might have only been up by 2 or 3 in Pennsylvania, right before the election, but Biden could be up by two or three by the time we get to October as well. Um, and I'm just—I know that uh, the old phrase of uh, Pennsylvania is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia with Alabama in the middle—is uh, is pretty much true. And I know that Pennsylvania, a pretty pretty big state. Is chock full of red uh, everywhere, but in the, really in the two big cities, um, aside for a couple little pockets elsewhere, it's pretty much, you know, Allegheny County in the Pittsburgh area uh, that that's blue, um, which it gets mistakenly characterized as a Trump town, Pittsburgh. I don't know where that came from. It's it's offensive every time I hear that because it's just factually wrong. Um, but then of course Philadelphia. Uh, heavily blue always um and all the major cities pretty much are heavily blue everywhere in the country even in red states like texas um but um so yeah pennsylvania has a lot of red in it so i guess that's why uh we have so many still uh adamant trump supporters enough that the the gap is only about five percent right now but that that scares me it's a little disheartening but at the end of the day, I think Trump can still lose based upon Trump and his behavior and the fact that people that aren't critical thinkers have learned through the process of simply watching him in action deal with really significant issues that have affected their lives and livelihoods. And they can see that he's just not a good person and that it has cost them personally the fact that he's a bad guy. So I think that running on Trump's a bad guy might, might be enough now. But here's my point of this podcast, which I'll try to make quick now because I've gone on so much just about all that background. The point that I wanted to make was morality in politics. And why I think liberals in particular, and I ascribe to myself as being more liberal and I am a lifelong Democrat. But I think that liberals make the mistake Are pretending like they have the moral high ground um, while at the same time um, crossing over into bad territories where they're not particularly moral or kind or loving or caring. And I think that they have to be careful about that. I mean, all of my life I have believed the difference between Republicans and Democrats is that the Democratic Party was the party of compassion. You know, they, they, it's not socialism, but caring for your fellow man, providing programs that help people in need, not believing that if someone isn't working that they should starve to death too bad for them, kick their ass out into the street. Rather, you know, provide them incentive to work, but also provide them food and an ability to stay alive. And similarly with health insurance, Not believing that they should put money away and save and be able to pay and take care of it on their own. But rather, you know, it should be a right uh, that everybody can go to the doctors and not be saddled with bills that put them under and destroy them just because they happen to get sick. We're all going to get sick. We're all going to die. We need some coverage for that financially. And it's not fair to create a society where people can't afford to be human. They can't afford to have the pitfalls of living and being human, namely illness and death. You know, people should be able to afford to simply exist, (laughs) meaning give them food to eat and give them health care when they get sick. And um we don't have to provide them with all that much more than that. I'm not saying kiss the ass of the, you know, of the lazy or of the people that don't contribute to society, but I am saying they are human beings and we have a responsibility to them. And um, now extreme liberals go further and they say we have a responsibility to every single living animal as well. And and uh, and they go even further and say they, they're vegan and they believe that meat is murder. or They go even further and say, you know, every immigrant that walks across the border should be treated as though they're American citizens immediately and should be provided with. Jobs and everybody should have free college, and everybody should have free everything. And then, you know, the the extremists always take it to the nth degree where uh, they believe that everybody should have a right that they haven't earned, and that there's no uh, differentiation between uh, what you earn and work for and deserve, and simply just sort of what you get because you want it. And that's where I think the liberals go wrong. And what I've discovered through this virus and through the Trump debate, uh, de- Trump and the good thing that has come out of Donald Trump, and I think it is good, he's he's put to the forefront of the American thought process uh, good and evil and right and wrong. Simply by unabashedly being so wrong, <laughs> he has made... Republicans show themselves as being very, very wrong, bad people. Or the few that have gone against him, such as you know the people that head up the Lincoln Project, the Rick Wilsons, the you know um, you know most of them are on MSNBC and and the uh, regular news channels, the non Fox channels, uh, because that uh, they've just sort of stepped over to the blue side of things just for the purpose of defeating. Donald Trump but they they're certainly not blue they're certainly not Democrats some of them uh, some of them have changed the Democratic Party but many have not and will not um, and I think that uh, at the end of the day what we're learning about those Republicans is they have a moral uh, fiber to them they have a, they have an ethical standard and sure some of them hold it up towards abortion uh, with respect to that issue some of them Believe in the ethics that social programs are you know unethical because they 're they 're supporting people in in not doing the right thing that is not working and doing their part and that 's not right that kind of attitude that strict cruel harshness is still in them, but at the end of the day, they can recognize that you can 't be a monster you can 't be racist and they don 't want to be racist and they don 't want to be uh, And they and they believe in facts. And a lot of them, you know, even the military people that have turned their backs on on Donald Trump, it comes down to the fact of they believe in supporting uh, their own and not not just turning on people because they are don't support you completely. And they, they, they are trying to stay loyal, but at the same time recognize that you can't just it's not about you it's about a group like the, nobody understands that better than the military. I mean, everybody's one They they try to make you homogenous. They shave your head, you know, you march in line. And, and so the concept of it, turning the whole world rotates around you is, is offensive to most, even generals, even, you know, the highest up in the military where Donald Trump clearly in the way that he's fired people from his administration and so many things that he's done, he, he's, he's made it known that no matter how, in you are with him if you don't support him if you don't make it about him your ass is gone and so that's offensive to the military because you know they've learned their whole lives how to work in unison and make it about you know the country and the flag and the and donald trump espouses all that crap but then at the end of the day he makes final judgments based upon loyalty to him and they see that and it's repulsive to them um You know, as much as we can glorify military gods sometimes, um, the vast majority of the people in the military don't think that way. They really do think, you know, they die to self to live for the flag and the country, you know. That's how they can literally go die and march into death uh, because of that mindset. Um, Very much like the way Muslims, well, not very much, but similar to the way uh, radical terrorists of the Muslim sect can strap bombs to themselves and die because they have a higher belief in something that is a oneness of their, their group, whatever it is that they are uh, fighting for. And they have a spiritual element that ties in that makes them think that they'll, they'll be somewhere else anyway, as they, you know, die for the cause of their group where Donald Trump would never strap anything to himself and never do anything, but shove people in front of him to die first because it's all about protecting his ass. And so even the conservative military people can see that about him now. And the ones that are are learning the process of Trump have an exercising critical thinking, which is not something that's big in the military at all. But the ones that are experiencing Trump to a level where it's forcing this critical thinking on them, they're realizing he's not really a military guy at all. And he's not really a Christian guy at all. And he's not really a conservative at all. He's into him. And his number one aspect of conservatism is hate, which has always been a part of the conservatives. The cruelness, the strictness, the judgment of others. That He likes that. He likes that. Um, he likes firing up on that because that's the way he lives. People that are very selfish, that's the number one trait for most of them is uh, you know, hating on others when they don't get their own way. Uh, blame it on others. That's it's it's basically the number one tactic of selfish, uh, egomaniacal beings. Um, but I think that that so what I think is that, that that what we're seeing from Donald Trump is sort of parsing out the philosophies of Republicans, that their moral fiber, and and the sense that they they look at community and structure as important. And the ones that are turning against him are saying. He's obliterating structure. He's attacking the FBI, the CIA, whatever it suits him. He's attacking members of the CDC during a a, a pandemic. He's uh, pulling out of the World Health Organization during a pandemic, blaming it on China. I mean, he's aligning himself with dictators. He's and then, of course, you know, he's doing nothing against Putin and Russia when they put out a bounty on the heads of American soldiers. And things like that. That's how you lose. Um, and, and of course, the move with the Bible in front of the church after gassing people. I mean, this is how you lose conservative people because they. there comes a point where the whole basis for their conservative ideology is a sense of belief in structures, belief on organizations, um, a belief in a oneness of a group and they're seeing Trump just erode and and take aim at every structure in America and every organization, nobody's safe, nothing's safe unless it supports him and his really only common theme or thread is, is hatred. And is, and that, although that's a part of all of these conservative Republicans, judgment, hatred, strictness, cruelty, um, it's not enough in the end. They still believe in the strictness and the hatred and the judgment in support of an organization or a structure, something that's ritualistic, something that they believe has long standing history that is good for people. Uh, that's what Republicans believe in a lot. And I guess when I go over to the liberal side, I think what Trump is clarify they love creating moral issues out of children in cages and you know the racism every time he says something that's racist the kneeling for the flag and uh, in football they love uh, pointing out you know his callousness towards the loss of life from the virus the obvious flaws in in him morally but i don't think that liberals in reality when you let them go all out There really is, there's a lack of morality at the core of it sometimes that's troubling. That is to say, the reason I, I distance myself from calling myself, you know, fully liberal is that I also believe in institutions. I am in many ways an institutionalist. And I think that there's still good to be had in, for example, religion and churches, in particular, the Catholic Church, despite the pedophilia that's been rampant in the Catholic Church. And I don't go to church anymore, but I still consider myself a Catholic. I haven't been to Mass, uh, including Christmas Mass or a holiday Mass, in 15 years, and um, but I still read the Bible every day and I have Catholic prayer books that I read from. Now, if you believe the Catholic faith, I'm going to hell because missing mass is a mortal sin. So I won't be, uh, if you're a Christian who goes to mass still, I won't be seeing you up there. I'll be down in hell and you'll be up there. And, and, uh, the fact that I still align myself with the church in, in many ways is meaningless to God. Apparently, um, i can 't do anything about that you know i i, I don 't have any plans to go back to church anytime soon however i 'm um, comfortable with my morality in that regard. Moreover, the point i 'm trying to make is i 'm comfortable with the institution of the Catholic Church still, uh, despite uh, the sins that it 's committed, and uh, because I view their sins as the sins of man, and uh, for me they 're hiding the pedophilia that was going on is the same thing wives do in marriages when they find out it's going on often, or the same thing that um, women who have been uh, sexually uh, preyed upon in the workforce have been doing. They hide it and then they blame the guys later when the guys are crippled and old and then now the big movement comes along, they finally get the courage to stand up and say something. And what I'm saying is I don't blame those women any more than I blame the church officials. Do you see what I'm saying? That I think that a lot of people, it's human nature. While we're going through a terrible thing in our organization, in our marriage, in our jobs, we have fear of the repercussions of being courageous and standing up. and, And that's no excuse. I'm not making an excuse for the behavior of the church or or the women who only now, 20 years later, is saying that they were sexually raped or harassed, okay? I don't think that's too cool either for these women to be doing that. I think that at the end of the day, we should be held responsible for not speaking up while it's going on. And the the, the excuse that uh, that we might be shamed or shunned or thrown out of the organization or whatever it's not valid. I mean, because really at the end of the day, you know, it's, we need to stop it from happening to other people. In other words, if you're a woman who was ran into some awful beast guy who was, you know, a movie producer, Uh, you you owed it to the other women that were going to come into contact with him to have spoken up a long time ago. You know, lots of other women were abused because you kept silent. And 20 years later or 10 years later, you can become the the leader of the pack and get all these accolades. But where were you? Uh, Think of all the women that were abused because you didn't do this sooner. And the same thing is true in the church. Think of all the children that were molested. Because, you know, certain priests or people in position of authority within the church didn't, um, you know, blow the whistle on the whole thing sooner. Um, but I think it's what I'm getting at, though, is not to blame these people, any of them, more so to say it's human nature to be afraid, to lack courage, to to, to, to hope it goes away, to think you can deal with things internally in ways that are satisfactory, you know, until you realize... Uh, until it becomes cool, frankly. Until it becomes the norm to speak up. Until uh, someone with the courage to speak up blazes the trail for you. And I don't think everybody has to be a trailblazer. And I don't think it's it, it it's fair to put the kind of pressure on the average Joe. I think that most people are average at, at heart. And average means in all ways, including lacking the courage and... Fire and uh, impetus to threaten their own livelihood and threaten their own position by uh, speaking up and and doing the quote-unquote right thing. So um, I think that we need to realize that institutions in general are basically good still, even when the people within them are weak and make mistakes. So that's why I consider myself still an institutionalist because i believe that like the federal government i you know i i believe in the federal government i believe in the the overall righteousness of the federal government despite the fact that trump is heading us up right now um doesn't turn me against the idea of government or government officials and i know most people that are public servants are doing a good job and doing the best they can and i know that they have um the 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 betterment of America as a whole at their core and their hope for what they'd like to get done in their jobs so i i you know the concept of the government the government's a bad guy, the government's a bad actor that's where liberals go wrong a lot, and I think that the anti institutionalist anti church anti all religion anti government you know and yet they are pro programs within the government is is a conflict that I don't think liberals really ever worked out and the anti-military, you know, but the concept of anti-guns, anti-military well then who's going to protect you against the bad guys that are out there. It's a conflict, internal sort of inherent conflict that I don't think a lot of liber- liberals have worked out. And I think at the end of the day, um, you, you, you can't have your I think that the, sometimes the liberals will burn down the house they're living in. <clears throat> for the sake of a message, like, for example, I think that this statue uh, thing and 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 changing all the names, and they're going for it all right now. I mean, I think that um, I guess strike while the iron is hot. I understand that, but i I don't think that violence is the answer ever, and I don't like uh, the destruction of property. If you have a disagreement. I think that we have laws and courts and we have, you know, suits you can file, petitions you can make to your local governments. There are means by which you can take care of these things. I think mob rule is frightening and I don't care if the mob agrees with my political perspectives or not. It doesn't matter to me uh, why a mob got together once they start behaving like a mob, like vigilantes, like with violence, I then I don't care what their ideology is. I don't think the behavior's right. And I don't see where it stops. I think once you start justifying violence and vigilante or mob rule behavior, um, left or right, um, you're, you're, you're opening a can of worms, you're opening Pandora's box, pick an analogy, that's gonna be destructive. Uh, in the end and you can't stop it once that ball starts rolling downhill it's just going to pick up speed and I do think we have an issue with respect to racism in this country but I think when you see people instructing white people how to think and act and how privileged they are and I'm 54 and the entirety of my life We've been over backwards for black people and women. We really have as a culture. And I I think we need to keep doing it. But I don't think that it's right to say we're racist at all as a culture in America. I think that there are racist police in America. And I think there are pockets of racist people everywhere in the world. And I think that blacks can be racist. And I think that women can be sexist and misandrous. And I think that... Once we allow the other side to be pointing the finger all the time, who gets to look at them? Um, Are they perfect? It confuses me. Uh, And this is where I go back to my institutionalism and to my Christian faith, my Catholic faith, where Jesus says, before you remove the, um, what is it, flint from your brother's eye, forget the exact word, before you remove the sty or flint or speck, I think it's speck, before you remove the speck from your brother's eye, you should take time to remove the log from your own. And humility is very important to being a Christian. The concept of being humble is stressed and stressed and stressed by Jesus throughout his life and throughout the gospels. And so, I'm a little bit confused as to how all the blacks and the women and everyone pointing the finger um, that, you know, if you allow, like, for example, that what the Me Too movement started to say is women should just be believed. Well, then you've thrown away the justice system because once you start just believing accusations, you're not giving due process to the person being accused. And in America, if you want equality, you have to, you know, also want the standards of equality that we've applied to white men and people, which are standards of proof and standards of legal jurisprudence that, and we try to protect everybody from just sort of being lambasted. Even the press has standards, and so I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the liberals are in many ways um, throwing out moral standards in the pursuit of their morality. They're throwing out the rules and processes and procedures and legal basis in pursuit of uh, this sort of righteous claim to righteousness. That the the blacks must be supported to such a degree that we must start accepting that we're inferior because we're white, in effect. Uh, uh, the, the women that must be believed to the point that unless we just agree with them, we clearly are misogynist or we have done something wrong to when We're hiding something. We must all condemn Woody Allen and all of his films because of these accusations made. Even though he was investigated by two states and forensic pathology reports were issued exonerating him, we don't care. You know, we have our torches and we're marching and we're a vigilante mob and, you know, all accusations must be believed and because the system is crooked. And I mean, if you want to tell yourself that the system has failed, then you're a radical. And you can go be that, but I don't agree with you, and I don't like you, and I won't, I won't align myself with you. If you're someone who believes that you know war is the only way to, to right the wrongs that have been committed, if you think that racism is systemic, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I think that uh, racism has been less than systemic in the vast majority of America for many years now. Uh, and I think that anti-homosexuality is is uh, really eroded away. Uh, homophobia has been extremely eroded away uh, in the last 25 to 30 years. And I think that the anti-trans bent is, is just starting. And I think it still exists in our country, but that's going to be eroded away. I think that we have done tremendous, we've, we've gained tremendous strides for women and, and minorities, et cetera over my lifetime, which is 50 years. I think we've done great things uh, in this country for those. And I don't think it's systemic. I think that there are systemic, I think in the police force, racism is systemic, yes. I think that there are certain areas that have not been cleaned up where it was rooted, racism was rooted or sexism was rooted and we haven't examined them enough and we haven't forced on them enough to change. And so we should, We should focus on some of those areas more and bring them along with the rest of us to the place where we are, which is light years ahead of them with respect to our diversity and openness. But I don't think that it's correct to point at all of white America and say, you're racist, just admit it, um, any more than it would be false to say there are black races. I don't think that that's a false statement. And I don't like when people say you can't say that that reverse discrimination thing. No, you can. Look, you can say that women are misandrous. You can say that blacks are racist because people are flawed. Uh, You can say why? Why don't we all focus on all of our internal? When people say all lives matter, they're 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 misguided, okay? Because what Black Lives Matter is trying to say is that we they are being killed, (laughs) they are being treated. As if their lives are less valuable than a white man, that in a very the same situation, a black man will be killed by a police officer that a white man won't be. That's just factual. Okay, so when they're saying black lives matter, they're saying, you know, don't look past these deaths as if it's nothing. Uh, This is significant. If a white man was killed in this situation, people would be outraged. And they're right. So that's what they're saying. And if we can't understand that, we're being stupid. If we can't understand Colin Kaepernick kneeling and what that says, and if we take it as an affront to the flag and all that, then you're being stupid, okay? However, what people when people say all lives matter and they're not thinking that way, they're right. And, and, and I don't think it's always correct to shoot down and hate on anyone who says, but all lives matter too, though. Yes, they do. And frankly, if we spend so much time pointing the finger and we join forces with all of our left extremists pointing the finger, who's, who's looking at the people pointing the fingers? They need watched too. All Lives Matter, including the ones being accused falsely by these movements that are getting out of control. And I think that we have to be careful to not think that we are morally superior when in fact, some of the things we're doing are immoral. Nobody would argue that abortion is moral. They, sh- they are arguing simply that it should be a right to do it for a woman because it's her body. But most people that support the legality of abortion think of it as an immoral act or think of it as something they don't at least want to face or have to choose to do. Uh, they feel guilty about it. They feel bad about it. They don't want to think about it. It's not as if... Uh, It's no big deal and they should have the right and it's like the right to drive or the right to, you know, free speech. They understand it's more serious than that. So um, and again, I'm not into guns and I don't uh, like the way they people glorify them and use them. And it terrifies me. And frankly, I'd love a world where there are no guns. However, I also recognize that that's a fantasy land and that. There are a lot of really bad people out there, and um, there's a part of me that is not comforted. That's way too strong of a word, but is glad that there are people with guns out there who might be uh, willing to stand up for uh, for themselves against evil people that are trying to commit crimes and do bad things. And so, I don't think that um, I don't think that we should so into liberalism that we don't open our minds to other positions that might disagree with us and I don't think that just because we feel affronted by men or we maybe are an immigrant ourselves and we were came over here uh, maybe when we were young um, that we have to burn so bright for immigrants that we forget about the fact that you have to earn what you get in this world. And I do believe that... um, I think a lot of liberals want handouts. I do. I think that the problem, not with social programs, not with welfare and all that, but with everything. I think that a lot of people feel entitled that haven't done shit for this country. And I believe that back in the 50s, et cetera, there was a working class mentality where, you, you know... You'd get your fair shake if you put in the hard day's work. And now the idea is like, well, that doesn't happen. But guess who's saying that loudest? People that aren't bothering to do it. You can't really complain that America doesn't provide for you when you're doing the right thing if you're not doing the right thing. In other words, before you get to complain about how you're not making enough money or you're not being respected enough in the workplace or you're not... You know, getting f- further ahead, you know, the American dream isn't yours anymore. You have to first show me that you've tried to reach the American dream, that you've tried to put in the effort that it takes. And frankly, you can complain while you're still doing it. You can be putting forth the effort and the drive that it takes to get ahead. And at the same time, arguing against the success rate for people like you when you put in the time doesn't mean you quit to do the fight. You don't have to stop and complain. You can keep trying and complain at the same time. You can petition and protest and do what you have to do to try to effect change while at the same time doing the right thing. And I've seen a lot of these fights on internet videos between usually older women who are white who end up spouting racist things. I've also seen uh, men, younger ish, to a racist, uh, white, uh, and and you see them eventually say these racist things. But if you watch the beginning, of a lot of those videos, whether it's an Asian girl or a black kid or um, a black woman or a black man, um, if you watch them from start to finish, you see that there's in some of these videos, not all of them there's provocation by young people minorities but young people young americans they don't they don't speak you know these are these are kids that were born here these are americans they're minority looking but they're american citizens you hear it in their voice and there's an entitlement and a brattiness and a rudeness to the older person who eventually gets provoked to say this horrible racist thing and then they get it gets posted on the internet and they get fired from their jobs or disgraced or shamed. And everybody on the left says they deserved it. They're horrible. They're racist. They're terrible. It's ruined their lives. Well, look, it's not okay to ruin anyone's life. Okay. Someone says some hateful thing. That's, you know, that's one thing, but to disgrace and ruin them because they have racist thoughts. I mean, there's a distinction in the law, for example, between federal hate crimes, which are crimes that are committed, when we call them, we have a federal act that addresses them because they're done in the name that, that opposes uh, something that's protected under the Civil Rights Act, which is your age, you know, sex, uh, religion, national origin. These are protected elements of who you are. And if someone commits a crime against you, because of one of those elements, we call it a hate crime and we prosecute it federally. And so we are protecting in criminal ways, as well as civil, you from, you know, being screwed over based upon those protected areas. So, um, but, but otherwise, if it's not a crime, people can be racist and people can say and think bad things about you because of your age, sex race national origin religion they can they're still entitled to that's a first first amendment issue and that's what a lot of liberals lose sight of that racism in and of itself it makes someone a bad person but it's not a crime and you're not entitled to commit a crime against someone just because they're a racist that doesn't justify criminal behavior against that person also if someone's a racist then maybe they should lose their job depending on their employer. It's up to the employer. It's not up to you. They're not necessarily fired because they're a racist. Perhaps their employer is too, and he agrees with it. That's okay. Again, that's freedom of speech. I'm not protecting racists in saying this. I'm just trying to change the perspective here of some of these radical leftists as if you shouldn't be allowed to be alive or be in this country if you hold these viewpoints. Now, I think we should shun these people and we should silence them and ignore them. Well, we should, we should silence them by ignoring them, but I don't agree with attacking them. And I don't agree with destroying their careers and destroying their lives by shaming them. I don't think that it's, I don't agree with the, the mob rule approach to the way men have been treated in recent years or the way racists are being treated. And, to me, I still look for the log in my own eye before I'm trying to take out the speck in my neighbor's eye. And I also think, if, again, if you watch these videos that show how it transpires, maybe this comes from my legal background and the fact that I consider myself sort of like a mediator in my approach to all legal disputes I always have. and I always thought I would have made a very good judge for this reason too, but life didn't point me in that direction. But... Um, I think there, is, there, uh, there are two sides to every story, including when someone takes a cheap shot at the end and is racist, including when somebody might be brandishing a gun uh, to defend themselves from their business uh, during, like, riots. Uh, I don't think that uh, capturing someone on film in a moment of their anger and their probably darkest, most vile thought is a gotcha moment that should destroy that person's life. And I think if you watch a lot of these conflicts, the person on the other side that, that instigated that kind of racial or violent response is oftentimes, um, you, you just see a lack of respect, a lack of common decency, a lack of respect for age differential. Just like with so many of the cop shooting videos, you see a black man who is in some form or another resisting arrest, talking back something doesn't justify the murders that result but at the end of the day you know um everybody knows to acquiesce and don't provoke old white people who are racist (laughs) i mean it doesn't make what they say okay but the the filming of it i i look when i watch those films i never side with the person posting it i always think that they're an idiot um because you don't see the filming start till after the controversy already. That's another thing. You catch someone when they're already, there's already a dispute, but you didn't see what started that dispute. And I, frankly, can look at the two people and the supposed victim often clearly has an attitude and the way they're filming it and what they're saying, how they're prodding the person on. So I just think that, you know... This righteousness from people who aren't behaving kind and loving and they're not giving these other people in their society the space they need, the respect that they deserve and yet they're demanding it back. It's a, it's a frustrating situation where you know, everybody on the left seems to think that uh, they're so right because it's just common sense that everybody should just have everything they want at all times and that's equality. Versus people that think, no, I think you should have to earn it and work for it. And I think that you could if you tried. But you just want to demand it instead. And I think there's truth to that. And uh, are there people that have worked for it and still gotten screwed over? Yes. But there are a lot of people, too, that haven't tried. And I just feel like uh, it's not moral to just stick your hand out and say, gimme, gimme. And anyone who won't give me, we should just take them down, rip the statues down. Well, I don't need to, no need to know about the context of that particular statue or what it meant then. I don't need to know about you know, like I, I I don't understand the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, it's an Indian name, an Indian emblem, but it's not disrespectful. It's an actual name of a tribe and a an, an, an insignia. Now, why is using an Indian symbol now race inherently racist? Um. Because they didn't sign off on it and give you permission? Uh, it's not anyone in particular. Now now you're st- into a legal field. Like People have rights over their names and likenesses in terms of being used to make money. But that's like a famous person or Joe Smith, an actual person. Not a general tribe. That's common... That's in the common realm of, of usage common usage. Anyone can access that there are certain pieces of music that are deemed to be common and they can be used on YouTube videos and you won't get cited for copyright infringement because You know it is not a specific piece with one publisher who has the rights over it and so uh, It's the same concept with something like Blackhawks. I mean uh, you have a right to use an insignia of a cowboy and say the Dallas Cowboys. Um, if the Cowboys want to be affronted by that, they're going to have to show some malicious intent Um and, You know, otherwise it's a, you know, if I want to be a cowboy, I can say cowboy stuff, put cowboy stuff on my store. I can do that. Nobody owns the right to relate a cowboy imagery to their business. Nobody can stop someone else from doing so. And to claim that you're, you know that it was racially tinted, or is 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 a bit ridiculous. I think for a lot of these Indian insignias, now Redskins is you know obviously in itself a derogatory name. It's like a slight, you know. It's like calling someone yellow skinned or yellowy, or I don't know, uh, you know, blackface. I mean, if you would say that, you know, the Pittsburgh black faces, that would be you know. It would seem pretty racially insensitive to me, and you could you could have an argument for taking that name off and fighting against that. So that's how I see Redskins, but I don't think the Blackhawks are like that, or the Cleveland Indians are like that. Um, you know, I, I, so I just think that there's a point where this is absurd. There's too much, too much going on here, uh, too much righteousness from and, and and frankly from a group that doesn't a lot of them don't even believe in God. And don't even really believe in morality. Don't even even believe in meaning. You know, I mean, if you don't really believe that any of us, nothing that we do here matters, then I'm not quite sure why it matters whether or not we take care of a koala bear or whether or not we eat a cow. I don't understand how you can smoke cigarettes, despite all we know scientifically about the deadliness of those, but then turn around and morally judge people who are eating a cow or eating a fish. I mean, we know scientifically the good eating those dead animals can do for people. And we know scientifically the harm that cigarette smoke does for people. If you're not a believer in God, then at least believe in science and recognize that something maybe you're doing as a smoker is scientifically proven to be bad for health and something maybe I'm doing as a mediator is scientifically proven to be good for health. Not bad for the animal, but since none of us are going anywhere after we die, who cares anyway? You know, we're the human beings, we're the stronger animal, we might as well eat the inferior animals that we can control and eat, because hell, we just want to be well and be healthy. And if killing and eating animals helps us get to that place of health, then let's do it. No one's judging us, nobody's looking down on us saying, you know, that's a sweet little cow, how dare you butcher him? Because there's no God and there's no afterlife. Anyway, I, I my point there is just just again another example of I think people are just entitled and rude and disrespectful of institutions, and they are taking a position of righteousness where they don't belong, and we need to stop that crap. Uh, but I, I I'm I'm thankful for Trump, and I'll end on this. The morality that he has has poured a spotlight on morality. He He has turned the focus on right and wrong because he's so obviously wrong. And the majority of this country can agree to the fact that he's wrong. And hopefully the Electoral College will represent the majority of the country this time and throw his ass out. In the meantime, he has also shown the light of righteousness on the left and in and exposed many of them as also being wrong in that they are not interested in equality really or fairness or goodness for all or love. They're really interested in just sort of tyrannical revolution that tears down the whole system of everything because they just are equally full of anger as the right. They're equally full of resentment and anger and frustration. And so I think uh, all of us need to look at the log in our own eye and less at the speck in our neighbor and try harder to do good, be good, love our fellow man and think with a perspective of kindness and love. And to reflect on morality, not as an instinctual reaction, but more as a area of critical thinking where we can decide right from wrong via analysis and understand and respect viewpoints that might differ from our own support and advocate for our own through a system of democracy that involves give and take what about that idea is that radical i don't think so i love you yabba da boopa.